Heritage Park Baptist Church, we make apprentices to Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit heritagepark.org. Anybody said amen and amen. Okay. Uh, so, uh, we have been um, working on now eight weeks, I guess, uh, of this series and this idea, this theme of living a life that is unashamed, unashamed in our worship of God and also unashamed in our witness to the world. So both, both things, this vertical aspect of unashamed in our worship of God and then a witness, verti- uh, excuse me, uh, uh, horizontal um, expression of that um, unashamed life to those who are around us. And so we've anchored this series really in, in one particular verse. And so we're going to do as we've done the past couple weeks. Now there's only one more week. So we're doing this week and then one more and so you only have to do this one more week. For those who've been asking, just one more week. Here we go. You ready? Romans chapter 1, verse 16 is where we've kind of uh, rooted this thing. And so, it's going to, my snapper wasn't working. There we go. All right. So you got eyes on it? Let's read it together. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first. And also to the Greek, the good news, the gospel that Jesus has come. He has died in our place for our sins, bearing our brokenness and taking on our shame on himself and then rising again victoriously. That is good news for you and for me because he handles all of the stuff that doesn't work in our lives. And so uh, he deals with that for us. We don't have to deal with it ourselves. And then he gives us life and freedom and forgiveness and we get to live with him forever. And that's true of everybody, of the Jews, those who grew up around church, those who were religious, those who were uh, uh, kind of connected in that sphere, and then those who were far, far, far from God, he, the, the Greeks, those who, were, who did not have a witness in their lives. This church thing is all new to them, maybe all new to you. It doesn't matter how much baggage you have or who packed it for you. The gospel is the good news that Jesus is in the business of changing people's lives, of transforming them. So that's good news for everybody in here because we all have the same need. We all have the same need. So um, we have run this Uh, these two truths through this whole series as well. And again, I just want to highlight them for us. Uh, We don't define our God for ourselves. uh, We don't define ourselves for God. We don't make God uh, a a God that we can agree with in our minds, um, nor do we uh, project ourselves as somebody that God should agree with. Okay, we don't get to define ourselves for God. We don't define God for ourselves either. That's one big truth that we've carried through this. Because if we're going to live lives that are unashamed, we, we've got to understand who he is and what he has said about us. And then secondly, and this is the one that if I could pray, and I do, but like if, if I could pray for this to sink into every heart in this room, this would be it. That those who experience God's grace deeply express their passion for him boldly. Like when the grace of God soaks down into our DNA, gets down into our bones, uh, that comes out of us in any number of ways. It comes out of us when we sing and worship. It comes out of us when we witness. It comes out of us when we serve. It comes out of us in any number of ways. Those who experience God's grace deeply express their passion boldly. So uh, let me tell you about today, okay? Uh, Today's sermon is really the end of last week's sermon. Great. Okay, great. 
Fantastic. So uh, what I'm saying, I'm saying that all that to say, you know, typically we kind of take a passage and really work hard on the passage, but today is mostly application. And we've saved this sermon and wanted to set it aside specifically uh, because of some of the questions that I knew would come and indeed have come. But I just like last week was about Jesus who seeks the one. Okay. So he seeks the one. Uh, he leaves the 99, goes after the one lost sheep. Uh, he uh, uh, sweeps the house and cleans the house to find the one lost coin. Uh, so th- this is kind of the idea. This is the application section of that sermon. And it's really key uh, that we make this happen. We as a church family have committed uh, to who's your one. This is my card right here uh, with my uh, one's name on it right here. I'm praying for him uh, every day and asking this question, what is my next step to help him take his next step uh, with God? And so uh, we want to encourage you to do that. Frank uh, is leaning on the table back there where all the rest of the cards, if you didn't get one last week, uh, there are cards back there where Frank is and you can go uh, grab one, fill it out and just put it. Mine stays on my dashboard in my car. So I remember to pray for him every day uh, that, that I get in. Some of you have put it on your computer screens. I uh, saw one last week was on a computer screen. Some of you have put it on a bathroom mirror or whatever. Wherever it is, you put it there and you think, I want to pray for them every day. And God, help me to be thoughtful, strategic even, about how I take, uh, what, what is my next step, about my next step to help them take their next step with God. So we've been in who's your one. So uh, to locate our one and kind of where they are spiritually, put together this little chart. Um, If it's not particularly helpful, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Just scratch it out of your notes. If it is helpful, you can grab your phone and take a picture. You don't have to try to write it down. But if your one is angry at God, maybe the next step uh, for you uh, to help them take their next step is to just pray for them and serve them in some way. One of the great ways that the church changes people's minds about who God is and what he's done for them is by their service, consistent, faithful service uh, to those around them. So uh, if they're angry at God, that may be one thing you do. If they're curious about God, if they are Zacchaeus who climbed up in the tree just to kind of get a survey of what's going on, uh, then maybe what you want to do is just welcome the conversations that come. Uh, they're going to have questions. Maybe you've got questions. And you just engage them in conversation. This is what we do uh, as, as the people of God. If they're open to God, man, hey, listen, I'm kind of curious. I kind of got the land, lay of the land here. But there's some real questions I still have. But man, I'm really open. And it seems like y'all are doing good work. And maybe I want to jump in and serve. I'll show up and, and participate in some way. Um, if they're open to God, the, the, maybe the, your next step to help them take their next step is to share your story and then help connect your story to God's story. So, oh, well, yeah, man, I, I, you know, I went through this rough patch or I went through this thing or, uh, man, my kid did this or whatever. We'll talk more about that in just a second. But you share your story uh, and, and share his story. And if they're engaged with God, if you see spiritual light bulbs going on in their lives, if you see behavior change beginning to happen, then it's the perfect time to share the gospel with them. And that's really what we want to talk about today. This is how we move forward in those conversations. Okay, this is how we move forward in those conversations. This is, this is that sermon. And so um, I just want to, uh, before we get to Romans chapter 6, I want to uh, hit a couple of passages in the book of Matthew uh, to just talk about the state of the heart uh, first, uh, three realities of the mouth Um, but it's really about the heart. And then I want to, um, jump in and just try to put a tool in your tool belt. Okay. That's what, that's the next few minutes here. So in Matthew chapter 12, um, uh, there's, Jesus is in a conversation with the Pharisees. This is what he said in Matthew 12, 34, you brood of vipers, which is a great way for me to start a conversation. I just think that's fantastic. How can you speak good when you were evil? So this is, this is going fantastic. And then here's the, the key part of that verse. 
For out of the abundance or the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So reality number one of the mouth is what's in our heart comes out. We talk about what we love. We talk about what we love. Now, this is good and this is bad. But if stuff comes out of our mouth, most likely it is generated where? In our hearts. So the, the bad side of this is when you yell at your kids, guess where that's coming from? Not just from your mouth. It's coming from your heart. And you love your own comfort or your entitlement or whatever, right? And so uh, that, that's what comes out. When the guy cuts you off in traffic, you love your lane and driving the speed that you are. And so what comes out? Beep, 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 beep. And that's not the horn you're talking about. That's like your sensor, okay? So we talk about what we love. Now, this is true also spiritually in, in terms of the positive stuff. Like uh, if, and this is why... This is why I keep saying those who experience God's grace deeply, it comes out of them boldly. The passion that they have for God comes out of them boldly. So uh, this, this is that. This is that. And so when we are deeply experiential in our relationship with Jesus and it is changing us and we love what is, it will come out of us. It will come out of us. Sometimes um, our witnessing problem or our sharing our faith problem is a heart problem, not a mouth problem, not an argument problem. Secondly, though, because some of us are like, man, I love, I love this, but man, I find it hard to talk. Here's, a, here's another great truth. In Matthew chapter 6, just a few verses earlier, uh, Jesus says this. He's talking specifically about money, but there's a principle here. Verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So your priorities determine your passions. Treasure, heart. Your priorities determine your passion. If I make a commitment to speak of God and the things of God and what he said, then I will figure out that I love what I talk about. Meaning the more I share my faith, the more I'm vocal about my story, the more I understand or excuse me, give expression to my understanding of who God is and what he's done, the more I, I outlay this verbally, guess what? I will fall more deeply in love with Jesus. I love what I talk about. And then the last thing is just very practical and pragmatic is that we talk about what works. Nobody wants to walk out of here and their car not start, right? We don't like what works. We gripe about what doesn't work. In this particular case, though, the good news is the gospel works. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. It is. And furthermore, it works on things that don't work because our lives are broken and our culture is broken, and our world is broken, and the gospel is good news for that brokenness. So we talk about what works. So those are the three realities of the mouth. I picked them up from a book that our staff is reading together. Give credit where credit is due. It's gospel fluency. Um, it's, it's, it's a worthwhile thing. So, um, so if that's the case, how do you get into um, these kind of conversations? How do you engage in these kind of things? So um, uh, as you're... Um, um, in relationship and that kind of thing. How do these things begin to happen? So I'll just tell you a couple things. We'll talk about doorways in just a second. Um, he, but here's the point. Please hear me on this. The point is not to have a conversation where you share the gospel. The point is to have a relationship where those kind of conversations happen. Are you with me? Everybody understand the difference? One makes the person a target. The other says, oh, I see you as a person who's valuable, who's created in the image of God, who carries a certain dignity about you, and uh, who Jesus died for. Therefore, I am going to see you as a whole person. Okay? You're not a target. You're a whole person. So the idea is to have a relationship with someone in which these conversations happen. When you talk about who's your one, if you haven't already thought about who your one is, 
Um, you, you're looking for someone uh, that you're in connection with, that you're, that you're tied to so that you can do this. So we as a church family, we've kind of uh, outlaid uh, these three, this pyramid. You've been around. You've seen this before. Uh, the first step for us is the culture of invitation. Um, anybody and everybody in here can participate in that. It's the baseline expectation for us as a church family, and it's the foundational strategy um, uh, for our outreach. So you ask the question, hey, do you go to church anywhere regularly? Now, regularly is always the, that always gets them. Well, I was, I go every Christmas, does that, you know, like like regularly. Uh, No, I don't really go anywhere regularly. Oh, great, man, we'd love to have you at Heritage Park. It's just right here on the corner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you just do that. You can do that in the line at the grocery store or any number of other places. But sometimes you get into that conversation and the doorway opens. And they say, ah, well, church has kind of been a bad deal for me. Or, ah, well, it's been a while since, uh, you know. And that doorway opens, and you get an opportunity to tell your story. You get an opportunity to just express, this is how God has worked in my life. This is how he's been good to me, how he's provided for me, how he's been a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, a light in the darkness, how he's been these things. And you just share about how God has been at work. And then sometimes out of that piece of the conversation, the door opens for you to connect your story to God's story that you would get to share the gospel. And that's what I want to talk about today. Okay, that's what I want to talk about. So uh, I identified four doorways. There's probably a lot more than this. I just want to offer these to you as we walk forward here. Why are these things important? Because uh, the truth of the gospel most often comes into people's lives over the bridge of a relationship. So this is what we're doing. Okay, this is what we we collectively are doing with uh, the people that we've identified as our one. Uh, First one, ready? Is family. First doorway that often gets open is family. Um, you talk about marriage, you talk about kids, you talk about the joys, you talk about the struggles, you talk about parents. Um, hey man, my kid does this, or, uh, you know, golly, me and my wife, we're on the outs, or me and my husband, uh, we're on the outs, or maybe we're just soaring high right now. Oh, that's incredible. That's fantastic. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Uh, oh man, my kid, da, 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 da. Oh, well, how are you, how are you dealing with that? How are you walking through that? How are you making it in the middle of that? How are you helping that child get through there? And you just talk, right? And that's a doorway that often opens up, okay? It's, it's a powerful doorway, and we all share family. Some of our families are great. Some of our families are a car wreck waiting to happen. But nonetheless, there's, we all have families which we experience, and so uh, that's often a doorway that God uses to open, uh, open these conversations up. The second one is our, our experiences. These are situations, circumstances, events that happen in the news, even uh, expressions of art that we get to share together. I went to this concert, or I saw this movie, or I heard this song. Just these are experiences that we share together. And so you have uh, the opportunity of these shared experiences then to talk about these things. So, hey, here's what's going on in our culture. What do you think about that? Hey, here's what the president or the speaker or the vice president or the debate or da da da. Here's what they said. What do you think about that? Uh, we think we should kick them all out. You know, and whatever your, uh, exp- your response is. But those experiences often open up doorways for you to step into conversations with which, uh, in which you can share the gospel experiences. Uh, The third one is feelings. Uh, The third one is feelings. So uh, disappointment, hurt, anger, elation, joy, uh, just any number of feelings. What I would say to you as you listen and and engage them, uh, what I would say to you is make sure that you are dealing with uh, the primary issue, not the secondary issue. I'll just give you an example. Anger, anger 
is a secondary emotion, right? It comes out of hurt or it comes out of uh, a sense of entitlement that was been frustrated or something like that. So anger is a secondary emotion. So uh, two couple Saturdays ago, I was visiting with somebody and she just kept expressing, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm mad about this. And I just finally said, like, what are you actually mad about? Well, I don't want to talk about it. Well, okay, that's fine. But like, what, what are you, what's going on that's making you that way? And we're, she's finally able to dig past just the, the bulb that's flashing on the dashboard to what's really causing the problem. So talk about your uh, people, when they express their feelings, uh, you can identify what's secondary and what's primary. And the last one, and this is particular uh, for uh, folks in their, I would guess, kind of late 30s to early 50s, this sense of meaning. Um, it's a wide open doorway as people think about how they enter into the second half of their life, uh, meaning, purpose, fulfillment, satisfaction, uh, investment, uh, activity. These are the kinds of uh, conversations that we'll hear. Oh, well, I kind of, I've kind of always done this, but I don't know, man. I, oh, why have you always done that? What is, what's, why has that been important to you? Why are you feeling like that's not important to you now? And you just kind of get into that part of the conversation. So, um, I say all that to say, if we don't use our eyes and ears, though, we'll walk right past these open doors. We will walk right past them. And so we have to be very thoughtful um, about how we uh, are engaging with people and, and uh, intentional about how we're engaging with people so that um, when these doorways come, we have the opportunity to then step into um, uh, more ministry uh, conversations. So all, all that all that as set up and, and kind of completion of last week's sermon um, to, to get to this, this one particular moment. I, I just want to talk to you about how um, and give you a, a tool to put in your tool belt about how I share the gospel with people. So many of you have asked, okay, so if I get to this point, like how do I do it? The reason actually why I'm setting aside this entire Sunday is I asked probably a dozen, maybe more people. And I said, in our church family, from leadership folks to uh, folks who serve in other ways, uh, I just said, hey, if, if somebody said, hey, how do I have a relationship with God? Give me a grade, A, B, C, D, or F. Uh, how would you grade yourself on how prepared you are to share the gospel? I got two Bs, and everybody else was grading themselves a C. And I'm not mad about that. I, if, any, if anything, I'm mad at me that I should have been a better pastor to you at this, like we should be better at this. So... I'm saying, here's how I do it. If you hate it, there's a hundred other ways to do it. Find something better. Come help me. But if, but if this is helpful to you, this is how I do it. I've done it this way since I was probably 15 or 16. Um, when, when my student pastor showed me um, how to do this, and it's just kind of been my go-to, okay? Um, I, I do it for a couple reasons. Number one, I only have one verse to memorize. Other... Listen, I've been through other trainings. They make you memorize 14 of them. I'm like, which is better, one or 14? One or 14? In my mind, one, okay? It's not that the Bible isn't important. It is, you know that. But like one verse, I just call it. So this is the way that I do it. Uh, if there's space, oh, and by the way, I brought out the laser pointer again. So that's very exciting. Yeah. Yes, yes, look at that. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. 
So if, if there's space on the paper or whatever, on the napkin, I've done it any number of places. If there's space, I try to write the verse. It's Romans 6.23 up there. Can we just read that together? I know you've already read one, but just read it again with me. Ready? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Just one verse, Romans 6.23. If you grew up around church, my guess is you probably have some exposure, may have already actually memorized that verse. And so if I can, I write it at the top. If not, I just write Romans 6.23 at the top. Um, and uh, I draw these two um, little right angles right here. I, that's what I, those two things right there. And then I start filling it in just from the verse. For the wages of sin is death. I got it underlined up here. Wages, sin, death. Wages, sin, death. And I kind of do that little thing. And I talk about what sin is. And people push back. Here's the pushback. Well, what really is sin? I mean, who gets to define sin? Well, since God's the one who made the earth, he's the, like he gets to define sin. Um, and, and people say, and this is not that sermon. So let me just pause and say, people say, well, I'm not sure I believe in that God. Uh, I respond, um, tell me about the God you don't believe in, because I probably don't believe in him either. I mean, and that's not being a smart aleck. Like, I'm just trying to help people understand, like, your conception of God. Remember, we don't get to create God in our image. We, we don't get to define God for ourselves. Um, and, and people say, well, I'm not sure I even believe the Bible. It's like, that's fine, but let's just work on this truth, because there's, there's truth here. There's truth here. Um, so we talk about the wages of sin being death. So that's, that's how I, I get it together there. Wages, sin, and death. Um, and then the, the second question that when they ask what's sin, we just talk about, uh, you know, anything that is less than God's best for our lives. Anything that uh, leads us away from him. Anything where he says is best and we're like, nah, we'll do it our own way. Thanks so much. Um, and they follow up with, well, does that mean I'm a sinner? And what's the answer to that? Yes, you're a sinner. I can't believe, I mean, you say, yeah, man, we're all in the same boat here. We're all in the same boat. Well, I'm not so sure I'm a sinner. I'm a pretty good person. Well, okay, so this is where I go. This is where I go with that. I say this. You ever lied? No. You're lying to me right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, you've lied. Okay, so that makes you a liar. And the Bible says that that's one of the things that we should not do. So we've, you're, you've already sinned. How about honoring your mom and dad? Do you always do that? Oh, yeah, sure, I was a great kid, except for that one time when I was 13. Hmm. Oh, what are you doing? You're just pointing them to the Ten Commandments, right? That's all you're doing. So you just help them see, yes, we've all engaged in sin. We're all in the same boat. That's why we all need the same solution, okay? So, uh, and you talk about, and I put sin right here in the middle, and they say, well, why is sin the thing that separates us? And I, again, simple explanation, have you ever been wronged? Have you ever been wronged? Yeah. How did that make you feel? Oh, well, I was mad. I was terrible. You know, blah, blah. well, that's how God feels about sin uh, when, when we commit it. And it, it doesn't sin. When you've been wronged, that doesn't make you feel closer to the person. What does it make you do? It makes you distance from the person. So in the same way, we were distancing. And the Bible calls that distance spiritual death. Well, don't you think that's a little extreme? Listen, the weight of our sin is so grievous. The, 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 the import of it is so profound that that distance is spiritual death. That's what the Bible calls it. And so sin is here uh, in the middle, um, and the wages of sin is death. So what we earn because of our sin is death. And then I draw a little person and put them over here. Now, the PowerPoint people didn't have a stick figure, which is what I draw. They had the little bathroom sign guy, so that's what you got today. So bathroom sign guy is on that side. So the wages of sin 
is death. And then I go into, and, but God doesn't love this. So, some of people that you may talk to may have a God who loves this. He's a tyrant. He's lightning bolts at the ready or whatever. And what, what do you do in that moment? God doesn't love this. And look at the rest of the verse. And people, oh, well, I'm not, listen, brokenness is all over the place. The reason the world is broken is because of sin. Let's just, what does God do? He gives us something. He, there's a gift. It's a gift. And what's the gift? The gift is eternal life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God doesn't want you to be separated from him. He wants you to live with him forever. Oh, well, so how are we going to get there? I'm on this side. God's on the other side. How is that going to happen? Some people try in various ways. They try good works. They try religion. They try just becoming a different person. They're going to quit drinking or quit cussing or quit driving so bad or whatever the situation is. But listen, the, the, the Um, The distance is such that you cannot span it on your own. Why? Because you're not the one who is offended. God is the one who is offended. We have to depend on him to span the distance for us. But here's the great news. This is why the good news is really so good. God has done this for us. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. How? How did he do it? In Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so I um, take a little thing and I draw a cross and... um, I, I, this is just, I write J and E and that's the S in sin. Can everybody see that in their minds? And then I make the I into a U cause I'm a ninja like that. And then I just like color real hard over the N to make the other S. So the, the, there's a reason why I do that. It's because I want people to see that Jesus covers sin. And you make a little cross, and all of a sudden you got it. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That God is the one who has spanned that distance. He does not, he does not want us to stay separated from him. He wants us to do what? He wants us to live with him forever. So then what? You come to that point, point, they're like, yeah, I get that. I see that. I love this story that God's telling. I want to be a part of that story. What do I do? Well, it's simple. You you put your trust in Jesus to live with God forever. You see that? You put your trust in Jesus to live with God forever. That's the story that God's telling. That's the invitation that he's giving. You put your trust in Jesus to live with God forever. Well, okay, I want to do it. How do I do it? Most people, when they do that, they pray. They say, God, I'm so sorry that I've made a hash out of my life and sinned against you. Would you please forgive me? And uh, Jesus, would you take over my life? Because I want to live with you forever. Voila, there it is. Now, that took me, I don't know, seven or eight minutes doing the whole thing, right? Um, you can do it in a lot shorter time. Some people may have a lot more questions. Do you, how many of you think that that's a simple enough presentation that you could do that? Raise your hand real high. How many of you think, man, I might need some practice with that? Go home and practice. Like, go home and get a piece of paper. Draw it out. You can go on YouTube. Find the same presentation. They do it a little bit different. Mine's better, okay? But I just... <laughs> Snap a picture of this. Take your phone out. Click, click real quick so that you see it, right? The whole idea is just to have a tool in your tool belt. Again, if you like other ways of doing this, do those. Do those. The idea is not for you to just replicate a presentation. This is not public speaking, folks. Like, you don't have to be nervous about that. This is, this is an opportunity to share what God has done and how he's at work in us um, 
uh, and excuse me, how he's at work for us in Jesus. And so I, I just want to encourage you. It's a one verse bridge. It's very simple. Uh, you can do it very quickly if you would like to, or you can uh, take uh, a certain amount of time. And I, I've been sharing the gospel this way for, um, I don't know, three decades now. I mean, it really is that simple. Uh, just two, a couple of Mondays ago, did the exact same thing. I mean, like there are opportunities galore for you and for me to do this. So, uh, when you think about your one, when I think about my one, our prayer is that your next step will eventually lead them. Whatever your next step is, will eventually lead them to the place where you get to share this or something like it. So that they will become a believer in Jesus, a follower of Jesus, and then you get to celebrate all that God's done uh, in their lives. And you'll get up there in the baptistry and baptize. I mean, just an amazing thing to be a part of. Um, to, to have these tools, um, to, to walk through the doorways, and then to have these tools. This is what, this is what God's asking of us. And so this is what I want, just wanted to equip you with and have before you. So there'll be some questions that pop up on the screen here, and we're going to pray um, these are just questions for reflection. You can, again, you can write them down. You can grab your phone and just snap a picture if you want. Um, uh, but these are just questions for reflection. So when we respond here in just a moment, th- this will be a time where you, you may need to sit with one or all of these questions. Some of you may need to grab your card, your one card. Who's my one card? And just hold it and really think about what does this look like for me? What is my next step to help them take their next step with God? Um, some of you may need to come up and pray. You need some space uh, to come pray. Maybe you bring your one card and just set it down here and kind of lay it. Some of you may need to come to the back because uh, you need prayer with someone. Some of you are here this morning, and it may be your day for you to put your trust in Jesus so that you can live with him forever. Today may be the day that you yourself become a follower of Jesus. And if that's you, we'd sure love to talk to you. You can make your way uh, to the back. So let's pray together. We'll have some response and then we'll uh, be dismissed in a moment.